Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of Rabbi Avi Havivi's weekly Sidur class. I think um, today I'm going to spend, I'd like us to spend one last time on the middle brachot of the Shema, putting it all together, the whole sequence of things. Does that sound okay? Or am I like beating a dead horse here? I don't know. So just to take a step back, the blessings of the Shema are divided into three parts, according to the classical sages. The first three and the last three are always fixed and don't change, with the exception of Mari for Shalom Rav. So the first three are called Shevach, praise. The middle 13 are called Bakasha, which means requests. And the last three are called Hoda'ah which means acknowledgement or gratitude, right? So, um, and again, classically, the sages uh, model this very anthropomorphically on the audience with a monarch. You'd be coming to ask the monarch for stuff. The first thing you would do is you would praise. Then you would ask for what you wanted to ask for. And then at the end, you'd say, thank you, thank you, thank you, and walk backwards, Okay, never turn your back on the monarch. Um, and the Amida is, in fact, structured that way. So the first three brachot are Shevach, praise. Joanna says Wednesday evening, so we will meet Tuesday. It's not Erev Yom Kippur, it's Erev Erev Yom Kippur. We will meet that Tuesday in September. Thank you, Joanna. She put that in the chat. Um, so the first three are praise. God, you're the God of our ancestors. You're the God who is all-powerful. You are the God who is Kadosh. Okay? And then we have this middle section of 13 brachot, which are really 12 specific petitions, and then Shema Koleinu, which is just the summary of it all. Uh, sorry, it's not the summary of it all. It is the, um, it is the I don't know, all-purpose last Bracha, which is about hear our prayer in general. All right. And again, we're encouraged in these 12 Bakashot, 13 really, if we include Shmakalainu, to add our own individual prayers for our own individual needs. This is the place in our daily prayers where uh, we're encouraged to consider our own individual status and needs. And we read that Rabban Gamliel in approximately the year 100 um, was the one, the, the the head of the Sanhedrin at the time, was the one who sort of fixed the 18 brachot, which then one of them got split and turned into 19. Okay? So what that means is we, we assume that means Rabban Gamliel didn't invent the Amidah. He didn't invent the concept of Bakashot, he was the one who fixed, you know, these are going to be the Bakashot. These are the kinds of things that covers sort of people's needs in general. And within that list of Bakashot, we have two sets. Everything is phrased in the plural, but the first set feels somewhat more personal. And the second, the first set of six feels somewhat more personal. The second set of six feels somewhat more national. So we could divide it into individual and national. 
Okay. And then that first set of individual also divides into two sets. So now I am in the Slim Shalom on page 38 and in the Sim on page 110. And we're just going to do an overview helicopter view. Okay. Summary. So page 38 in the Slim, page 110 in the Sim. Shalom. Right. So the first in the, in the, let's call them more individual petitions, even though everything is phrased in the plural, because Jews generally play, pray in the, in the plural. Every time we come up across a prayer in the singular, it always strikes us like Elohai Nitzor Lishoni Meira, because there are not that many things that are in the individual in the Sidur. Okay. So middle 13, six, six, and one. The first six are in the individual, and then the first three within that, those six, are about, let's call them uh, mental, spiritual things, cognitive things from the, as I say in psychiatry, things from the neck up, okay? So first we have da'at, please give us wisdom. The second bracha, tshuva. So wisdom means sort of the implication is, I contemplate what I'm doing, okay, and my ways and my path. And then inevitably, when I contemplate, I realize that I fall short, right? Because, uh, uh, you know, here it is right before Rosh Chodesh Elul, because um, acknowledging that we always fall short and always can do better is kind of part of the DNA of classic Judaism. We end up, it ends up getting lampooned as Jewish guilt, right? But at its core, it's an acknowledgement that no matter what we're doing, we could be doing better. There are always things to work on. So da'at, I contemplate, that should naturally lead to tshuva, okay? Uh, recognizing where I could do better. And then the third is slicha, then hoping that where I have fallen short in the past is forgiven, so the first three, da'at, shuva, slicha, I call these mental, spiritual, mental slash spiritual. Then the next three are more physical. Gula, which, which I would argue in this context, uh, and I've said this before, is about actual physical saving and protection, not so much about national redemption. And again, we that's suggested because there clearly are brachot for national redemption, which are later on which suggests that this kind of ge'ulah, this use of the word, the root ga'al, is not the same as like ga'al Yisrael in Surah Yisrael right before the Amidah, where it's clear that we're talking about national redemption. This, in context, seems to be about individual protection. Okay? So ge'ulah, refuah, healing, and... uh it doesn't have a one word. It's called Birkat Hashanim, which is about sustenance, our our personal economy, if you would. Okay, so obviously all of these are communal, also, right? So when we're when we're saying Rafuah, you know, and we have our personal Mishaberach list, you also can add the Alkol Hacholim. What is it? What is the phrase? Right, so we are adding communal things, and I'm at that's where I add may the plague come to an end. 
right? Um, and obviously, if you're praying about sustenance and it's the blessing of the years and this has a blessing, it's about rain and dew, obviously, you're not just focusing on your own sustenance. So all of these have a communal dimension to them, okay? Um, but they also inevitably cause us to reflect on our own needs for those things. So hold on a second, Michael. So the second set of three, let's call them um, uh, physical, more concrete physical needs, protection, safe, let's call it safety, health, and sustenance. Geula, Rafua, and Birkat Hashanim. Yes, Michael. Uh, I just wanted to suggest that uh, this last one uh, for sustenance seems to be almost a, a, a prayer for an antidote to the second paragraph after the Shema. It just struck me that way. Okay, or it is related, I would say it is related to that, right? Which is that the concept of sustenance or the abstinence of sustenance, what's the opposite of sustenance? I don't know. Uh, sustenance or its absence coming from the Middle Eastern ancient world, all is based on one thing, one four-letter word. What is that four-letter word? Rain. Rain. So everything is based on rain, okay? Uh, We, of course, are getting much more aware in our own time how much is based on climate, okay? Which is the sort of the, you know, macro thing that in in Eretz Israel stands behind rain. Okay. Then we have the next six. By the way, because sustenance is based on rain and rain is on the land, not just me, which means it's usually not the, the usually not the case that my crops do great and the guy next door's crops fail. Usually not, because we usually get the same rain. Um, there are exceptions to that, but usually. You could say this bracha about sustenance, which clearly affects not just me, but also everyone around me, is a nice transition to the more communal and national brachot. So then we have the next six, which I don't see them falling neatly into three and three, although you can make it up if you want. So um, the next six are more about communal requests. Although, of course, they all can have an individual dimension. Kibbutz goods. That one is called Kibbutz Galuyot, in gathering of the exile, exiles. Mishpat, good Justice, good system of justice and administration. Um, Birkat Haminim literally means the blessing about the sectarians. Um, May the sectarians, heretics, forces of evil be torn down. Then we have Sadikim, praying for the righteous. Yerushalayim. Right, but it's called Bonei Yerushalayim. This will have rebuilding of Jerusalem and Yeshua salvation. Again, that vague term in English, which um, um, it, it's clear in the context of the bracha that we're talking about Davidic kingship or restoration of self sovereignty, sovereignty, national restoration of Jewish sovereignty. Okay, so those are the second six. And then, oh, by the way, all Shmakolein, all our prayers, which we said, 
please hear them all, God. And then if I have some very specific thing that didn't fall into one of these 12, or something that does fall into one of these 12 that I simply forgot to mention, now is my opportunity to do that in Shema Koleinu. Which is why, by the way, in the um, in the Slim Shalom, anyway, there's an insert for Yom HaShoah. Okay? It's not in the Sim Shalom. It's probably in the Sim Shalom somewhere else, uh, probably near the back. Um, but in the Slim Shalom, we have the insert for Yom HaShoah in Shmakalenu. Why is it there? I mean, you might argue it could have been fit somewhere, could have, could have been put somewhere else. But basically, anything that didn't fit anyone anywhere else, anything that you forgot to say, put it in your Shmakalenu. Okay? That is the helicopter view of the middle 13 brachot. I will pause. Questions, comments, thoughts. Avi, I have a, just a comment about the uh, uh, Shema Koleno. Yes, Larry, thank you. Go ahead. You're, you're kind of implying that the Shema Koleno is a, a petition to hear our other petitions. I think so. I, I think it's broader than that. So okay. I think, first of all, it's Shema Koleno is the first thing. Hear our voice. Yes. We want to be heard. Yes. And I won't wax on, but people actually want to be heard and recognized. You hear people say, is somebody listening to me? And it's not just our prayers. I think we want to think that God is actually hearing us. But to go beyond the petitions, I think it also has to do with hear those first three uh, blessings of praise. And I think it also applies to the last three blessings. Also hear our thanksgiving. So I don't think it's only about hear our petitions. It's our please listen to us. Great. Thank you. Other thoughts about the whole ball of wax? Although we're not done with the Amida, but this ball of wax so far. I had a, Just, I had a comment about what... Oh, go ahead. Ma, uh, Joanna, then Meyer. Go ahead, Joanna. Just to piggyback um, a little bit on what Larry was saying, as he was talking, you know, I was thinking about the point that you made that... Um, the middle third, the middle brachot change, you know, depending when we're reciting the Amidah and for what occasion. And my mind went to high holidays because um, while the middle brachot change, Shema Koleinu takes on sort of an added expanded importance in the high holiday liturgy. And that to me is interesting in terms of you know, Larry's point and, 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 and that emphasis on Shema Kalenu beyond just being a catch-all. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. And, and I assume you're referring to the Shema Kalenu, that line which we say as part of the Slichot verses in front of the Ark when we stand up. Shema Kalenu, all right? Okay. Because we don't, right, because of course we don't say this Shema Kalenu during the high holidays. I get Well, we do on the weekdays, but not as part of the Rosh Hashanah and uh, Yom Kippur liturgy. Um, but we say it as part of those long verses where we're saying, God, please hear our prayer, right? Acknowledge us. Good. Thank you. Meyer. Um, it was interesting hearing Larry speak. It uh, made me think of the number of times the Shema is used by Hashem to us, telling us to listen. If you look particularly at Devarim, how many times the word Shema is used, and of course Shema Yisrael is part of that, and this feels like we're turning the tables a little bit, like saying, you keep pointing us to listen, but we really need you to listen too. 
Yeah, I'll reflect on that um, by saying, contrary to, you know, some beliefs about God and the universe, that God is abstract or that God doesn't care or whatever, uh, you know, the core rabbinic classic Jewish belief is that we are engaged in with God in a relationship. The fancy schmancy theology term for that relationship is called covenant. Okay. And that there are reciprocal agreements, not symmetric agreements, right? God brings rain and we don't bring rain. Okay. So it's not symmetric, but reciprocal. God has certain There's certain things we want God to fulfill. There are certain things God asks us to fulfill. There are responsibilities on both sides, expectations on both sides. So, yes, so it may be that the mirroring of Shema is a part of that. By the way, also, we talked earlier about, um, since you brought up the Shema, Ahava. Okay, so love the expectation of love is also reciprocal. We're supposed to love God in particular ways. What does that mean? We talked about it when we talked about the Shema, Vyahavta, and then God loves us, and that has particular meanings. By the way, I just took a great six-session or eight-session, I can't remember, webinar, and maybe you can find it archived online um, at Hadar in New York. Just, you know, there's Hadar.org or something like that by Rabbi Shai Held, who is my favorite expounder of Torah in the United States in the English language. Um, He's a great teacher. So he has a great six or eight session thing on love, love in Judaism. That's what it's called. Um, I really encourage people, you know, if you, it's great. Elul learning. We have our, 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 uh, Betham Elo Learning coming up, and I'm sure our Elo Learning from last year is archived. Um, and I paid for the course because I signed up in advance, but I'm guessing it's probably archived at the Hadar website because they archive everything. So it's really a great class, series of sessions on um, love in Judaism, God and love in Judaism, and what does that mean? Um, so, yes. So um, in the Brit, in the Covenant, Shema has reciprocal meanings. Ahava has reciprocal meanings. Undoubtedly, we could point to other things also that are reciprocal, but it's part of the relationship, and a relationship goes two ways. So we are not talking about, in this context, theologically, we're not talking about an abstract, far-off God. This is not deism. This is not God who just wound up the watch and then went away. Okay, Okay, other thoughts? about the middle bracha. Well, let's have a look at Havinenu. So if it's a Sha'at HaDechak, a time of stress, which means it's an emergency or you're in a super duper rush or something like that, there's a version of the Amida you're supposed to say, which is you say the entire first three brachot, you say the entire last three brachot, and then the 19 are compressed, sorry, the 13 are compressed into one paragraph. So that is found, that is called Havinenu, based on the first word. And you can find it on, in the Sim Shalom on page 228, and in the Slim, page 48 at the top. In most Sidurim, if you have like a, um, 
like a complete orthodoxy door. It is usually find, found in the weekday stuff after Shacharit and before Mincha, somewhere where you find like the Tfilat Haderech, you know, the prayer for traveling, right? That's kind of a logical place. It's in your Sidur in the morning. You might not have time for full davening. You say Havinenu. And again, this goes back to Talmudic times, okay? So page 228, the last paragraph in the Sim Shalom, page 48, the top paragraph in the Slim Shalom. So in the Sim Shalom, it actually gives you the whole first three brachot so that you don't have to flip pages, you know, where are the first three brachot and then where's the Havinenu, okay? And let's take a look at Havinenu and we'll see how it's a perfect uh, or an excellent summary of the 13. Does everyone have it except for Terry who's driving? Okay. If anyone doesn't, flag me down right now and I'll help you find it. This is your time to say, wait, I can't find it. Diane? Yeah. So tell me what Sidur, tell me what Sidur you have. Sex. Uh, okay. So go to the table of contents in the front. And look for something that will probably be called, in general, if you look at table of contents in Sidurim, it is called Havinenu. We'll pause for a moment. And, and where is it? In the, what is it? The is there, is there a the table sun? of contents? There is, yes, there is a table of contents. I'm on weekdays. Yeah. Is there something called Havinenu? Or no. Amida? No. All right. Is it, which sacks? Pick it up. It's the complete. Oh. Okay, I'll be back in 10 seconds. <laughs> what page did you say was on here? What does that mean, Havinenu? Larry is on 48 in Slim Shalom. More like 15 or 20 seconds, sorry. Unfortunately, I have like three different Saks editions, so the pages may not be the same, but I'm going to try to steer you. Uh, find the Shir Shalyom at the end of Shachri. The Psalms for the day after Alenu. Oh, and after Alenu. And we have things to say after the davening. We have the Ten Commandments. We have the 13 Principles of Faith. Ooh, and then we have Mincha. So I'm wrong. So in the right. Saks currency door, it's not right after Shachrit. Folks at home are, you know, sorry, we're, we're just taking up time here. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. Well, that's okay. Larry's got it open in the Slim Shalom. Okay. Uh, we'll use that. I'll find it sometime. Okay. It's interesting because it would be here with the Traveler's Prayer, and I don't see it. So that is interesting. Uh, let me just look at that one. Let me just look if it's with the Traveler's Prayer. Javi, while you're looking for it, what does Javi Enu mean? Uh, we're gonna, we're, we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, you know, I can't find it in the Saxy door. Oh, wait. Wow. Okay. It, at the end of the Saxy door, they have all the blessings for the seeing and the hearing and the smelling, you know, the thunder and the lightning and all that. In my edition, it's on page 1005 at the bottom. In special cases of urgency only, see law number 362. Okay. So in my Sax, it's on page 1005. I don't know if it's Thank you. Okay. Anyway, so it's interesting that it, it got put over there. I'm not sure why. Okay. So let's look at it. All right. Havinenu Hashem Eloheinu Ladat Rachecha. Give us discernment, Hashem, 
to know your ways. So that's the bracha that's called da'at, with, uh, uh, they give us Deya, Bina, Vehaskel, right? We talked about what do all those words mean? Kochma, Deya, Bina, Haskel, different meanings. Havineo is from the word Bina. It means give us Bina, give us discernment or understanding. So give us understanding, Hashem, to know your ways. It, it, um, this is better Hebrew, but it might be clearer to you conceptually if you switch the word order around and you said, Hashem Elokeinu, colon, God. Here's the list. Havineinu ladaat rachecha. Give us understanding to know your ways. Umol et levaveinu liratecha. Circumcise our hearts, which is a phrase from um, Jeremiah, to have reverence for you. So that's about what, that refers to what bracha. If my heart is circumcised and I have reverence for God, what am I going to do? Repent. Tshuva, correct, right? So, um, by the way, milah, a foreskin in its most concrete uh, level, is seen as a blockage or covering. So Jeremiah uses the image of a foreskin of your heart, and your heart, of course, is your mind and your feelings. So in the prophet Jeremiah, he is saying, you need to circumcise your heart, O Israel, which means you need to remove the blockage from your mind. The reason that you are sinning and not doing tshuva, says Jeremiah in the year 600-ish BCE, is because your mind is blocked. Your heart is blocked, right? Circumcise your heart. It means remove the internal obstacles that you have that are preventing you from changing. Ooh, now I said it very psychologically language. Remove the internal obstacles that you have. Therapy language. Okay, so circumcise our hearts to revere you. That's tshuva. V'tislachlanu. Liot gulim. Notice they got two in in one phrase. Forgive us so that we will be saved. We got slicha and geula in one phrase. Did everyone see that? That's pretty nifty, right? V'rachakenu mimachov. Keep us far away from suffering. That's about refua. Machov really means pain, suffering. We might actually say it means pain. Okay. Vidashinenu binaot artsecha and oh, sate us or moisten us in the pastures of your land. Very poetic. That's about birkat uh, hashanim. Right? Sustenance. Unifutsotenu merabak tikabates and gather our scattered from the four. The four is arba, is shorthand for arba, what? Right? Arba kanfoda arith, the four corners of the earth, right? Four points of the compass. Vehatoim al daatcha yisha fetu. Okay? Clever, we got two together in this one also. See that? Those who stray, may they be judged in your wisdom. So we got judgment. Uh, sorry. No, I'm going to take it back. Sorry. Judge those who stray according to your wisdom. I take back what I said about the two in one. 
ve'al harishaim tanif yadecha, and against the wicked, and, and raise your hand against the wicked. By the way, it's interesting, just conceptually, in Melech Ohev Tzedakah Mishpat, the bracha in judgment, when we're praying for like good judges and good justice, right? There was no implication in it about justice against the bad guys. Or there, there's nothing that, sorry, there's nothing that said that as far as I remember in the bracha. But here, the justice, it's sort of like the next bracha about the bad guys, the idea in it migrated backwards into the mishpat blessing, right? Because we're talking about the to'im, those who go astray, the strayers, right? Do justice against the strayers. In English, may your judgment reign, which is a total ignoring of the Hebrew, Okay, because to'im means those who stray. So, uh, judge the strayers in your with your wisdom, and raise your hand, or it literally means wave your hand against the wicked. Vis sadikim, may the righteous ones rejoice. Bivinyan irecha uvitikun hechalecha. May the righteous ones rejoice about the building of your city and the establishment of your temple. So here we clearly have connecting the righteous with the rebuilding of Jerusalem. Those two brachot are connected in one phrase. So in other words, the author of Havinenu could have just had a list of 19 things, okay? But in at least a couple of places, we see the author of the Havinenu connecting adjacent brachot, meaning he didn't just list one, two, three, four, and not. He actually sort of, you know, made up a new composition. Uvitz michat keren lidavid avdecha. By the way, notice there's no verb there, so it's really connected. Hold on, Michael. V'yis mechut sadikim, may the righteous rejoice. Bivinyani recha uvitikun echalecha, in the building of your city and the establishment of your house. Uvitz michat keren lidavid avdecha, and with the regrowth of the horn of your servant David, meaning reestablishment of the Davidic kingship. Uva arichat ner So interesting. It's like such a compressed bracha. And here is an extra, really unnecessary phrase, which is just a literary flourish that is added. And, um, and, um, uh, lighting uh, the candle of Ben Yishai, your anointed one. So it's interesting that that extra bracha, we, we read that that's the one, you know, from the Cairo Geniza, right? And the Babylonian Talmud comparing the Babylonian sources to the Eretz Israeli sources, that this is the extra bracha, the bracha that was split into two, that somehow it was seen to be important to set out separately restoration of Davidic kingship. And it's interesting that in Havinenu, it's so important that it actually gets an extra phrase. Okay. Here we have this totally compressed thing. Rachakenu mimachov. All of Rafainu is compressed into Rachakenu mimachov. Keep us far from pain. Right. And here we have Utsmichat, Karen, David, Abdecha, Ovarachat, Ner, Leven, Yishai, Meshichecha. Wow, 
the author must have considered that really important because it goes on for all those extra words. Then the summary, terem nikra atataaneh, another aspect of hearing us, even before we call out, respond, right? God, please know our needs even before we articulate them, right? Like who, who does that? Who's supposed to anticipate the needs, someone's needs very well? A parent, a parent and a child, right? Good parent anticipates the needs even before the child cries, okay? So before we call out, I'm going to put in brackets, even, right? Respond to us. Baruch Hashem, right? So Havinenu is the one paragraph bracha that basically is a, uh, it's not a summary, there's a fancier word, a praise, there's a fancier word in English I can't think of, that that basically is gives you all of the 19 ending in Baruch HaTashem Shomer So that means in times of urgency, uh, go look at Sachs paragraph 362 at the end to know when that is. Um, you say the first three brachot, you say Havinenu, which ends Baruch HaTashem Shomer and then you say the last three brachot, which means you actually say seven brachot and not 19. Michael. Yes. Um, you were saying that the translation totally ignored the, the actual text in that it, the text talked about stray people who stray. And not to be silly, but unless there was a typo in this where the word rain was intended to be R-E-I-N, yes. rain, rain in those who are straying. Yes. I know it's a stretch, but it just seemed got it. interesting. Rain and rain. I got it. Thank you. Joanna. You were talking about how um, the bracha for David gets sort of a double punch here. And I would say the one for Jerusalem does also, because we discussed when we were looking at um, the bracha for Jerusalem, how it doesn't mention the rebuilding of the temple. And here the author yeah, you know, follows Bivinyan Yiracha with Uftipun Hechalecha. Yes, let's get that rebuilding in there. Yes, correct. Um, it's it's sort of uh, alluded to in Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim Rechav Rachamim Tashuv V'Tishkon B'Tocha Kasher Dibarta and dwell in it. Right, so it's implied in Yerushalayim, but it does not say anywhere and rebuild your temple. You are correct. Right, so these themes of future national redemption are, uh, I would say, um, disproportionately emphasized in Havinenu, given the abridgedness of Havinenu and its purpose. Yes. Um, we will close today with me reading you paragraph 362 from the back of Sachs. So rather than Shulchan Aruch and all that stuff and the medieval codes, we'll just read you, right, he says, when circumstances require, one is permitted to substitute a special paragraph, Havinenu, for the 13 middle blessings of the Amidah. This is only permitted in exceptional cases, such as when one is incapable of concentrating during a full-length Amidah or expects interruptions. One says it's abbreviated for one of the Amidah while standing, and one does not need to repeat the full-length Amidah afterwards. Okay, so like, I don't know. You're in the in the waiting room of surgery or 
something like that. You're just not, you have your little sitter with you. You're just not going to be able to focus on a full Amida. You say Havinenu. Again, Havinenu means you, not just that paragraph, but first three brachot, Havinenu, last three brachot, and you say those seven brachot, and that fulfills your obligation to say the Amida, uh, to say your Amida. By the way, that is, as far as I know, that would go for any of the three Amidot, Shachrit, Mincha, or Mari. In general, it's talked about in Shachrit, um, because that's the scene as the time of the day when one might be rushing to go out on a trip or you're already on your donkey caravan and you can't make them stop very long for you to say the Amidah. So uh, those are the kind of the examples that are given in the classical sources. Okay. Any other thoughts, comments, Larry? I mean, yeah. I'm just, I, I ran to get, because I frankly don't remember reading or studying Javierno at all, but I ran to get the uh, Donin. And then he has, in addition to exactly what you said and what was in Sachs, he has another, even shorter prayer, which is called Sarche Amcha Yisrael. That's from the Talmud. Go ahead. Yeah. Ah, it's also, Diane says it's also in Sim Shalom. That this is, if one finds oneself in dangerous surroundings, such as being a soldier on the front line, and one cannot recite even the condensed one, Esrei, the rabbi suggests the recitation of the short, of an even shorter prayer. Say it and say it for us in Hebrew and in English. The needs of the people are many. And they are unable to express their wants. May be your will, O Lord, our God and God of our fathers, to give each and every one his daily sustenance and to, fi- to every one whatever he lacks. Um, it's kind of uh, the um, Amida equivalent of the, uh, and the Talmud also has for benching, you know, when they argue about what is Birkat Amazon, one of the rabbis says, you can say, Brich Rahmana Dahai Pita, blessed is the compassionate one who is the master of this bread. Okay? It, it is the uh, the Amida equivalent of rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, yay, God. Right? So, recognition that in certain emergency circumstances, we have many needs. Okay? You hear everything. Please make sure the time is short. Please make sure, God, that everyone gets their needs. Let, that is a lovely note on which to close. Let's close. Um, then, so we have two more weeks in August. So we 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 won't finish the Amida, uh, but we will move on to bracha number seventeen, I think, next week. Okay, everyone, have a good day. Stay healthy. Avoid that Delta variant. Okay, bye. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.